Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to Angel on Top, a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of Angel one by one, spoiler free, and in tandem with our arch nemeses, those ladies over at Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I'm your co-host Latoya Ferguson, aka the Cordelia Chase of the Buffering Verse, aka Bones, who is the girl, aka one half of the Gun Squad, Bang Bang, aka Theodore K. Mullins. A.K.A. Gilly. A.K.A. Lover of a long-winded bit, baby. And I'm your co-host, Morgan Ludich, A.K.A. The Winifred Burkle of the Buffering Verse, A.K.A. Also Bones, you know, the lady. A.K.A. One Half of the Gun Squad, Pow Pow. A.K.A. Frank Skabopoulos. A.K.A. Sorry. A.K.A. Also a lover of long-winded bits baby and this week we are watching angel season three episode 20 a new world a new world was written by jeffrey bell and directed by tim Minear. it aired on the wb on may 6th 2002 and this is the one where teenage connor returns from Kortoth through a tear in reality and does a self-led running tour through los angeles while angel desperately tries to track him down on Angel. Wolfman Hart were feeding Angel his son's blood so he'd get the taste of it and want more. Ew! Holt <laughs> tells Wesley Angel's nature that the beast will reemerge. Uncle Wes takes the baby Connor on a road trip for good. Psych! Throat slit! Connor's new name is Steven and Holt is his dad. Holt takes baby Connor to Courthouse and pushes Justine. Daniel! <laughs> Daniel! There are no portals to Kortoth. You gotta punch through to Kortoth, and it requires dark, dark magics. Lauren begs Angel not to do it, so he does it with a pentagram <laughs> and some blood. Look at all of these slugs. That's the cosmic price. Look what they did to Fred. Oh no, the destroyer is coming for Angel. Here it is. Psych, here he is. Hi, Dad. Shoots arrow. Or I guess a uh, stake, actually. Hell yes. Um, beautiful <laughs> summation. We begin picking right up from where we left off in our first of many slow motion sequences. That rules, as is the fact that we pick up like right where the previous leaves end, so you don't know where the previous leaves actually end. And that's what sucks about streaming. If you don't have the previous leaves, you don't have the full experience of popping in from the previous leaves into the episode. I love when shows do that i love when shows do that so fucking much like i'm such a dweeb for that uh a previously that runs right at, like hell yeah that's how you know you're fucking in for one and 
This is one. <laughs> that is the good stuff. Just like the slow-mo. The slow-mo is the good stuff. <laughs> I might have to argue with you. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about that in a second. I think the slow-mo is quite terrible. And it makes everything look very foolish instead of looking good. Well, um, the reason yeah. for this, the slow-mo is the... Sh- is uh, the show's way of showing how quick he is. Basically, mm-hmm. that he is, like, he has angel speed. Uh, obviously, his power, and we'll see more of that. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it's kind of like what they do uh, with uh, Leverage, as I've been <laughs> rewatching it, in the pilot to show how quick Christian Kane's Elliot is when he's kicking ass. You have uh, Aldous Hodge uh, Hardison drop a bag, and in the slow-mo of that bag dropping, you have Elliot taking out two different men, and it rules. And and I totally get that as a method and respect it and understand what the attempt is. But when you don't necessarily have the money to make everyone not just look like they're going, ooh, running. Like, it's <laughs> pretty uh, silly. Um, and uh, so, like, in this scene, like, everybody attacks Connor and Connor fights everybody back, but is, like, really going after Angel. Um, and he says yeah. one word. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's really going after Angel, whereas Angel's, like, uh, don't hurt him and is doing everything. It's very... Uh, defensive and uh, to, to your point about bad slow mo, I just yesterday rewatched uh, "Play It Again, Dick" after being <laughs> on Angel uh, uh, on Veronica Mars Investigates, and it was th- like the one of the final moments in that is you know Dick gonna save Veronica from being shot, and it's <laughs> it's him doing his slow mo, going no, play it again, Dick, a masterpiece. <laughs> is a masterpiece and i did watch the dance number at the end multiple times good (laughs) Um, ryan hansen dancing always good always 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 good um so from from there we go to titles we we come back to the hyperion lobby more fighting more connor versus everyone more slow motion so slow motion two um and gun kind of of many yeah, in, oh, I tra- kept track. Uh, in the midst of battle is like, we need a plan. And so Connor kicks him in the face and goes <laughs> to stab and kill him. So Angel has to like rip him off of gun and wrestle him to the ground and like really almost kind of like seems like he's going to slit his throat and they share an intense gaze. So surprising no one, I have drawn two eyes two sets of the eye emoji in my notes of course you have they do look like boobs everyone in case you were wondering what it looks like when morgan draws the eye emoji you look like little boobs uh yeah yeah. so in in addition to the slow-mo i gotta say how do you feel about the fact that connor's fighting style is very much uh, the colton haynes roy harper style where he is doing unnecessary flips he is parkouring all over the place so the unnecessary I, I am I am very torn. I think I think I'd like to get it out there up top. I am very torn about how I feel about like this conception of Connor in terms of like Vincent Carthizer's performance, costuming, the way things are shot, 
the way things are written. Like I I feel a lot of ways about it and I'm still in the midst of trying to sort it out and think I will be throughout this whole arc kind of trying to figure out how I actually feel about any of this. Um, the unnecessary flips make him scrappy do. Like it's the spectrum of like when you're going to bring in the kid, whether it's like the little brother or the son or, you know, the new kid in town, whatever it is, you run the risk of scrappy doing. Like, like that's the bad end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And what's like the good end? Where, where, when has this been done well and we like it? Who is um, the best kid? Um, like, yeah. Uh, Cynthia in the episode birthday. <laughs> Cynthia in birthday. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm genuinely trying to think. You and I have called Jeremy Gilbert Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, he's a um, 100% a Scrappy-Doo. He's always saying, let me at him. Uh, you and I disagree about uh, Alex, the son, and the mummy returns. I don't think oh, he's yeah. a great example, but I think he's more in the middle of the spectrum than you give I him think credit he's 100% for. Scrappy-Doo. Is Don Summers Scrappy-Doo? Ooh, she... She has scrappy do tendencies for sure. Get and out, I'm, get out, and we're going to talk out. about that too because <laughs> I think the thing with obviously with Connor and Don, you know, people hate, but mm-hmm. I think the thing we should acknowledge, especially, and we're we're going to acknowledge, like Vincent Carthyser and Michelle Trachtenberg are both very talented actors who, like, the writing was often not there for them. Mm-hmm. Like, it did them a disservice. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to try to unpack some of this up top and have us explore it as we go through. Because I I don't think I have anything definitive to say about Connor yet. But there are several things I want to dig in and discuss. Because I thought he was doing a lot of stuff that was really great, actually. And there was a lot of stuff that was kind of, like, baffling and confusing. So I think... I think we need to talk about both things. I think he mm-hmm. is good in this episode, but there are things that are just I'm like, because I'm trying. So I'm trying to parse the Connor and the Carthizer casting in general. I think I'm accepting the casting just because, like, so he was raised by Holt, so it, it makes we'll say it makes sense that he kind of looks more like Holt than he does, uh, you know, Angel and Jarlow's kid. So we'll just say that that for casting wise. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like I'm trying to figure out the fighting style because I don't think this would be the fighting style that Holt would teach him. You know? Yeah, it's too showy. But yeah, and and, and so the flips, the flips in the parkour feel very scrappy do, and that feels like the bad end of the spectrum. Like he's new Angel on a skateboard. Like I just that's that to me is is maybe not good. Um, the the feralness of him and of the character like that stuff i love the like raised Mm -hmm. in hell stuff i think his outfit is to party city it (laughs) um like the animal skins like it looks like like i don't made it everyone keeps being like look at all these animal skins i'm like i don't see animal skins i just see dirty (laughs) is what i see with that and also like i see party city felt yeah (laughs) literally in the first scene like the both ends of the spectrum are there from his high dad which is like you know, the Buffy verse quippy to mm-hmm. interesting, which I think actually makes sense for who the character is supposed to be. Yeah, like the idea that he is a hunter, that he is in, in some ways like a feral child born of a absolute monstrous hellscape, but in other ways raised by, a, you know, British uh, old school vampire hunter. Like this should be a weird kid. Here's the thing. This kid should not be normal. Anyone being like, he's weird. If that's your criticism, 
I'm going to push back on that and say that's a silly criticism because <laughs> how the hell is he supposed to be? <laughs> he was raised in hell. Like, he's not going to be normal. But, um, yeah, I think it is. I think it's a really tough needle to thread. And I'm not sure if they quite get there. But I also think it's really good. So alongside this connor question that i want us to keep asking i have a second question that i think we should continue us with us throughout the episode do we think angel did a good job in this situation do we think he did like the right thing to do as a dad and i i don't want to give an answer right now but i want to kind of like be asking that periodically throughout the episode so right now He's trying to just restrain this kid and not hurt him and keep him safe, but also not let him hurt anyone else. To me, good. <laughs> good job. Uh, he needs to rein in Gru because Gru is ready to chop his head off. But <laughs> Gru throws a damn axe up top when he was like saying, no, don't. I have so many things to say about Gru in this episode and all of them are positive. <laughs> Gru is a petty ass bitch in this episode and i'm like bring it on do it and even you when he shouldn't be petty it. i'm saying even when he shouldn't be petty he is being petty mm-hmm. and i'm like bring it on <laughs> <laughs> so um so we so angel kind of gets off of him and he offers connor his hand but connor instead runs away and he runs outside and angel follows him in slow-mo sequence three <laughs> Do you not like the slow-mo there? I think that's good slow-mo. I think that is the most effective slow-mo that is used. Yeah. But I think um, I have slow-mo fatigue by the time they use it because we are less than three minutes into the episode and it's been used three times. Morgan, it was television in 2002. We were slow-moing all over the place. Fastlane. Mick G's Fastlane was about to premiere. You know how I love Fastlane. Slow-mo everywhere. Split screens when characters are sitting right next to each other. This is good television. You know I have nothing bad to say about McGee. I would never. <laughs> I love McGee. So Angel nearly kills himself running into the sunlight. And Gru and Gun have to like push him back and be like, we'll take care of this. So then out on the street, uh, I write in my notes, Connor Angel pulls a good boys and runs across a speeding intersection, which made me laugh a lot. Gun and Gru can't follow. And then a bus drives by and we experience what is quite possibly the worst CG I've ever seen on this show. Even, honestly, worse than the psych out destroyer because... It's it's even more video game cutscene. So you see, for for those who might not remember the exact instance, you see like it is very clearly computer animated. Uh, so at first, Connor like runs to like catch up to the speed of the bus, and then he clambers on top of it. And the him hopping up and clambering on is very clearly computer animated, and it is a video game cutscene. Like it's like it's Uncharted one levels. It is. Not good to me. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... The CG involved with Connor and, like, the green screen stuff later, it's 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 roof stoof. Um, and such, like... And, and I understand, obviously, this probably, like, felt 
like it looked a lot better back then given like you know what things were capable of i'm sure it was like holy shit we're pulling this off on a tv yeah. budget like given sure. the mummy returns even yeah uh uh which is a perfect movie that isn't anything wrong <laughs> i'm sorry i can't even say that without laughing um i really like the mummy returns but i understand that people don't um but i saw it at an age where my brain was uh a ch- I had a child's brain because i was a child um and i can never not see it through that perspective <laughs> so my bad um but yeah the I think that also really burdens the character in a way that they maybe like couldn't have anticipated that the CG was going to like age so poorly and probably weren't thinking about like legacy of the show. But like putting him in with all this like really like rough visual effects also hurts the character a lot in ways that I'm like, you have to be fair to it when you're watching it in the past. Like it's not the character's fault that the CG is bad. (laughs) But it doesn't help that this little lanky boy is pulling off all these things with clear, like, uh, help of computers. He's a, he's a he's a lanky boy, I gotta say. And, you know, Gunn notes the Peter Pan thing. He does, like, have a J.D. Sumter, like, Peter Pan thing going on. Jeremy Sumter, Peter Pan thing going on. Mm-hmm. J.D. McCoy, of J. course. J.D. McCoy. You character. Know, you know how I feel about him. I don't like him. And I'm like, <laughs> the whole point is Connor's a lost boy. Mm-hmm. Do we get it? Do we get it? Please no. Michael Chasen immediately was like, oh, he looks like a lost boy. And I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, what I must say about uh, young Vincent Carthizer, what I said today on an earlier podcast recording about Timothy Chalamet, Cindy, this is the skeleton. This is Bones. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he is a, he's a, a, a petite boy. So he hops on the bus. Back in the lobby, they're like, okay, we got to find out where that bus is going. Um, and Cordy's like, that was that whole thing there was my vision, that fight. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not really that helpful in retrospect. And he's like, you didn't see anything about Connor. She's like, all, all I saw was you, which honestly, of course, is going to give Gru a complex. Mm-hmm. All she sees in her vision is Angel. Yeah. And Gunn's like, are you sure this is Connor? Cause all, just because he said, hi, dad. And I'm like, he's right. He could be Max Goof. That's a reference to a Goofy movie. Gunn's like, a couple of weeks ago, he was wearing diapers. Now he's a teenager, and someone needs to explain to Gunn how hell dimensions work. Because we all know how they work. In fact, it's become so commonplace, even before a show explains how a hell dimension works, we already know. Oh, well, time goes faster. That is. I love Cordy's joke that's like, he was a baby last week, and now he's a teenager. Like, tell me we don't live in a soap opera. <laughs> Love that so much. Um, and it was at this time, actually, I was I was thinking... Again, about the WB stable of boys, as I often am. Mm-hmm. Penn Badgley probably auditioned for this role. He would have been 15. This would have been right before do-over. So he would have looked very much the baby boy Penn Badgley. Oh, so like long hair Penn Badgley? It's not peak long hair. It's uh, it, was, it was starting to grow, but it was not peak uh, mop top uh, Penn Badgley. See, now that you've brought up Penn Badgley, I feel less bad doing this. Uh, if we want to talk about vampires' kids that age weirdly, Renesme parallels much. <laughs> I hate you. For those of you who've been uh, enjoying Blank Check's uh, Twilight miniseries on their Patreon, um, all I could think of was Renesme and her bizarre aging. All you could ever think about is Renesme, you piece of shit. I'm thinking about Renesme every day, guys. <laughs> I wait every um, Adam Driver marriage story meme every day. I wake up and I think about Renesme uh, <laughs> wall punch. So uh, Lauren very smartly brings up. 
Yeah, well, personally, I'm less worried about the how he grew up than the why he came back. He came back because he could. I found a way to escape that place. Yeah, well, that's a possibility. Here's another. You sure he said, hi, Dad, and not, you're dead? Ooh. It'd be pretty funny if he did say that. It would be. What a, what a mishearing. <laughs> so Angel's confident that Connor is angry and afraid and that he can fix things by talking to his son. He's believing the best in his boy, and he's trying to be proactive and find a way to communicate with him. Good dad. <laughs> so uh, Angel uh, zoops out of there, uh, but we realize that the portal is still a crackling. Not good. <laughs> the sparks are a flying. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we should probably try to close this. Cordy attempts to use her newfound powers. And it doesn't work. And I write in my notes, like, so much for St. Cordelia. Like, I feel like immediately, like, if, if you want to argue that she's been doing too good all of the times, I'm like, well, here she can't do anything. And, like, you know, is very embarrassed by her attempt to do something. So uh, to anyone who was complaining before, here you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, but Lauren definitely wants to close it all up before anything slithers, skitters, or slides out of there. Because much like Greece. Skitters is the word. <laughs> I would like a Skitters, the word t-shirt, mug, whatever you can get me. So um, Fred very smartly brings up, like, you know who could help us here? A certain person whose name we're not saying. Uh, and Gunn is like, uh, no. Like, I was just there. We can't do that again. And she kind of, like, looks at him and you see her clock, what must have happened. Uh, and Lauren's like, okay, I might have a lead, but it'll be a little awkward. He's all hands because he's a bunch of hands. I love that. <laughs> I was cackling. That's exactly my kind of shit. I was so That's thrilled. where they should have spent their money on showing us uh, hands. I wanted to see Handman so bad. I was waiting all episode. I was like, where's the hands? You're like, this would have been my fuck watch. 100%. <laughs> uh, absolutely livid. Uh, Lauren leaves. Um, Cordy and Gru stay to guard the portal. And then Fred and Gunn have that little aside where they talk about like her going, him going to West to save her, which was very sweet. And Gunn says, yeah, he told me like never to come back. That's a door we're never going to be knocking on again. Q knocking on Wes's door. <laughs> Good shit. I love a transition. Um, so uh, my first note in the scene is knock, knock in all caps. And my next note in the scene is, oh, Lord, they are hot in all caps. So who's in the scene? Well, before we do who's in the scene, I'm going to read my notes, which is LOL door knocking. And it is Wes's door. He looks so fucking hot. Come on. <laughs> So we open the door and we see Wes. And here's the thing. Uh, I write in my notes also, my third note. You see, when you are sad, you can't button up as many buttons. You just don't have it in you. <laughs> Wes's shirt is hanging open and he's wearing a gold necklace. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and we were all, of course, reverse to see Lila in a purple suit because uh, Jeffrey Bell and Tim Minear are trying to kill me personally. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah, and they almost succeeded, but I got away. I mean, Tim Minear tries to kill you with like the 911 franchise like every week, right? That is true. He is trying and he <laughs> might get there soon. 
So Lila walks in completely uninvited, roasts him for not having any like flowers or get well soon stuff. And uh, she kind of makes a joke like, I guess you lot like lost your sense of humor. And he says, not at all. I find you being here extremely funny. <laughs> Big old explanation points next to that. Because <laughs> that killed me. I was like, one good good zinger to so hot (laughs) but do you know what would have been funnier Mm. if it was gavin instead (laughs) because gavin's charms working on hey wes (laughs) wolfram hearts a real boys club (laughs) gavin sitting on his coffee table gavin refusing to leave um gavin would be hard to get out of your apartment if he didn't want to (laughs) leave Um, so Wes guesses very correctly that Lila's here to make a job offer, and she pitches the library, the insurance with dental, and a 401k plan, and Wes is, you know, unsurprisingly not fucking interested. Good boy. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, she gives him a present, which is, uh, Dante's Inferno. And Wes just, like, tosses it away. And they discuss the text a little bit. And Lila says, You know, I always forget. At the very bottom of hell, in the ninth circle, the devil's frozen in ice, right? He's got three heads, three mouths, and those mouths are reserved for the worst sinners. Now, I can't remember. Who is in the center mouth? Well, what was his name? The one person in all of human history, deemed the greatest sinner. Who is it? Judas Iscariot. Right. The worst spot in hell is reserved for those who betray. I mean, she doesn't even give him a first edition. It's from the 1500s. Like, why couldn't she give him a first edition of the Odyssey or something? I wish she'd given him a first edition of the Odyssey. (laughs) Kristen, you know that reference? You know that one person? I don't. It is from the JLo classic, The Boy Next Door. He gives her a first edition copy of the Odyssey. I learned so much here in this podcast. <laughs> it's so funny because that would not be a bound book if it was the first edition of the Like he gives her something he clearly it's like bought at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Oh, absolutely perfect. So her description is rather chilling. uh, And she, you know, takes Wes's cue and leaves, but not without reminding him really quickly. Just so you know, you're not too good for us. Uh, And she asked to, um, for some reason, whisper this sexily into his ear. I... Um, which was, I assume, uh, what she was instructed to do by her bosses. <laughs> do you think that uh, Judas works for Woman Heart? And by Judas, I do mean uh, Gerard Butler as Dracula in Dracula 2000. No, um, yes, and I think that uh, Lady Gaga toured the offices, and that's why she wrote her song. Yeah. <laughs> also, sorry for the Dracula 2000 spoilers, everyone. <laughs> that's the twist. Dracula. It's Judas. I love that so much. Um, in our next scene, Connor is riding atop a bus through what appears to be Koreatown. Um, and he is... Uh, the the green screen is so bad. He like he is not feeling the very light traffic of LA, but I'm not feeling the green screen. 
so he jumps off the bus and like runs away, which fair. Uh, then we cut to a phone call scene with Gunn and Angel. Gunn and Fred have not found him, but he's leaving behind a trail. And and Angel's like of bodies, and they're like, no, 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 like of like people being like, oh, weird kid just ran by. <laughs> Which absolutely fair. Um, yeah, describe this is Robin not- Hood reports. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is not New York, so uh, people are noticing at least uh, south of Santa Monica, you know, the hood where the black people are. Mm-hmm. People are seeing something and saying something very correctly. <laughs> uh, so Angel's like, "Cool, follow the trail," and Gun's like, "Okay, if we find him like before you do," Angel says, "He's my son, and he's alive, and he's going to stay alive." Again, good, <laughs> good dad. <laughs> I I have a feeling that you're going to have a spot where you're like, bad dad, Morgan. That's what it's seeming like. Well, not necessarily. Like, I want to kind of, like, go through the decisions and see, like, because I think the thing is, we're going to get to a point where it's arguable, where I really side with Angel, but I'm also not a parent. And I think that someone who, like, is a parent might feel really differently about this. So I'm interested, which uh, mm-hmm. none of us here behind these mics are, so <laughs> we won't be able to get that perspective. But I will attempt to uh, feign what it might the mind of a parent might be like in a minute. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even a parent to dogs because uh, Chewie and Dahlia are my siblings, obviously. Yeah, that's your brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Angel makes a good point that he's going to look for a less populated area, obviously, like the loudness and the noise of everything. Yeah, that was not good for him. Mm-hmm. So we take ourselves to the first street bridge, which is in so many TV and movies, including Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, literally uh, three things I watched yesterday had the first street bridge. <laughs> Lucifer. Yep. Ryan Hansen solves crimes on television. Mm-hmm. F9. Mm-hmm. First Street Bridge and all of them. And we actually get it in this episode um, with the LA River actually a flowing. Yeah, which was uh, very cool. Good production value. Um, Connor spies a girl down kind of like under like the overpass and jumps off of the bridge uh, and lands safely on the ground. Interesting for someone who's like supposed to be human. <laughs> I mean, the human child of two vampires. I think from, like, the first scene, it's clear he's got ability. And, you know, the bus thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I can do that. Um, so I disagree. Uh, so he... he <laughs> classic Morgan. He finds a... So there's a girl down there selling CDs uh, for drugs. Uh, and she's asked for... Like, she's like, these CDs have to be worth half a gram. And when I watched it for the first time, I misheard it as half a grand and i was like ma'am those are three cds and michael said to me maybe they're like unreleased ones they're compilation 80 cds morgan morgan literally until this moment i was ready to be like what the fuck cds are worth half a grand what is wrong with you two so i just want to stand in solidarity with you that i was like and then when he threw them, I was like, dude, those CDs are worth half a grand. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like the, no. dr- the, the drugs of it all just like are not as super clear until after that moment. Yes. So when I watched <laughs> the second under time. a bridge, Kristen. <laughs> I don't make generalizations I thought about it was people a, I just, under the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I brought all of my BMI music clubs. <laughs> CDs. 
That's where you bought your punk compilation CD. <laughs> I mean, okay, so this girl, she is, her name is Sunny. She is played by Erica Thormalin, who has, um, this is her first credit, actually. Oh, good for her. She was also then, after this, on the TNBC s- series, Just Deal. But she pretty much has given up acting because uh, she wrote and created the Netflix show, Waffles and Mochi, which is a kids program produced by the Obamas. So oh. she's doing very well. Oh, that, I think I've seen those, the Waffles and Mochi characters on things. They're really cute. That's great. Yeah. It's a well-regarded show, um, and uh, the dealer, because these are drugs that's, that's happening, it was half a gram she was talking about, mm-hmm. not half a grand, <laughs> Tyke is played by Anthony Stark. Yes, this man's name is Tony Stark. Um, he's kind of a hey is that guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he's had like substantial roles in Make It or Break It and uh, Shake It Up. Uh, two shows about gymnastics and dance, actually. <laughs> and um, he was also uh, a guy who tried to force himself on Kay- Kelly Taylor in Beverly Hills 90210. I'm like... He was that guy, wasn't he? Yeah. There we go. Uh, perfect. Um, he is like, he tosses the CDs. She hits him and he's like, you're going to have to work this off and starts trying to force her inside his car, which is deeply upsetting. Uh, Connor seems to agree with my take on that and is not on board. So he like runs up and is trying to do something about it. Unfortunately, this guy, this gentleman has three big old goons that he sicks on Connor. And uh, because I watched this with subtitles, this is the first time I realized that Shammy was spelled C-H-A-M-O-I-S, which, yeah. So here's the thing. Yes. Which, first of all, Shammy, this was the first, like, this show was the first time I ever heard that term, which, of course, is like, it's animal skin, uh, usually sheep or lamb. But now knowing how it's spelled... Sham Wow makes so much more sense. Oh yeah, the whole thing with Shammy's, I understood that, but it's literally just kind of spelled phonetically now. That is smart. Yeah, that is. So yeah, he makes this big deal like, oh, you're in a pseudo Shammy's, and I'm like, we get it. You're wisecracking. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. And uh, yeah, one of his goons hits Connor with a crowbar. So today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself 
in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Tyke, um, he like goes up to Connor and he takes his uh, his thing, which I didn't know how to describe as anything but a bone bandolier. <laughs> Um, and See, I just said bone necklace. I didn't think it was that difficult. But whatever. Well, it's not a necklace. It's over one shoulder across the uh, across the torso, which I believe makes it more of a bandolier. Uh, and he and like he's like, "What's this?" And Connor's like, "Uh, things I killed." <laughs> duh. What a normal child. What if Connor said, "Duh, duh." <laughs> Holt's taught him duh. all the time in court. <laughs> because Justine taught him duh. Oh my god, I wonder what uh what knowledge he passed on to Justine about the modern world to uh Connor. <laughs> chunky boots. <Oof. laughs> this is where you get your chunky boots. <laughs> See, if we had seen like Connor like dressed like Justine, we would realize like, yes, this is 100 percent Connor. He was clearly raised by Holtz because look what he passed down. What I would give for Justine not to have been pushed and to have gone to Kortov and then to also be old and weird looking next to Holtz <laughs> when he finds him in the alley at the end of the episode. I wish. I wish so hard. <laughs> uh, Whatever. <laughs> Can't always get Way to feel us again, Justine. <laughs> Never not disappointing us, even when she's off screen. Uh, do you know, have we gotten any response from people who like Justine? I just need to know, because I don't want to, I'm not, we're not making fun of you. (laughs) I truly emailed someone back who said, like, we should, you should have, like, a go away song for Holtz and Justine. And I was like, honestly, I think we're mean enough to them. Like, I fear that there's some lone Justine stan out there we're making cry. But we have not heard from any. <laughs> uh, Reveal yourself. Yeah, we know you're out there. Um, and we come in peace. So uh, slow-mo sequence number four happens, and uh, Connor fights these guys. Parkour. Parkour. <laughs> parkour. A shady guy is a gun, and Sonny kind of, like, opens the car door, nudging him at the right moment, so he shoots one of his friends instead of Connor. I love that. <laughs> You refuse to call him Tyke. Tyke. It's just as bad mouthfeel. Like, you don't like want to say Slux the other day. I don't want to <laughs> say Tyke. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, Connor then like flips him over the car, and yeah, he like Falcon arrows him, which is a wrestling move. Mm-hmm. He throws a knife at a guy. Uh, Sonny is like, great, uh, grabs um, Tyke's jacket and takes his drugs and his money. And Connor Angel's like about to leave, but then he just can't resist turning back and taking Tyke's ear as a trophy. And he said, so he won't forget me. <laughs> I tried so hard to get a clean screenshot of this, but there's too much movement in the scene. And I'm sorry to have failed you. good lord yeah so this kid this kid's gonna be interesting (laughs) um back at the hyperion lobby Gru is standing vigil watching the portal and he mentions that he once did this for 11 days and nights to avoid uh coupling with a bur beast um which was uh that's a lot of time good on him that's i can't even fathom that um yeah, Cordy says, like, yeah, Angel's always doing that. And she's like, I wouldn't last 10 minutes. To which Gru says, yes, I'm sure Angel has regaled you with his many exploits. <laughs> oh, he's tried all right. <laughs> but I get so bored with that. Uh, days of your crap. And, uh, you know, Gru gets upset. And also, that's not true. She loves his days of your crap. Remember when he was telling like, the whole story? She was so into it. Yes, and I love that Gru essentially is like, Angel, Angel, Angel. Like, he just... <laughs> hates it and uh cordy's like but no like he's like you're always talking about him and she's like yeah because he needs me but i mean this is kind of the the time to be always talking about angel yeah but i will say she wisely says but i know you do too and i'm like okay cordy like that is being a good partner and being nice and kind like it's okay to like have moments where like things wax and wane but like if you know if you're someone's partner you should try to be like mindful of them like even if ultimately it's not going to work out like i don't know be nice <laughs> what, um, wait morgan are you saying that cordelia and the gruselug aren't otp they're not endgame as they would say on riverdale like you know normal people often say well if i was on riverdale i would say they were endgame because they toss that word around quite liberally uh <laughs> but um no i fear they are not endgame <laughs> um i so she is basically like kiss me because i don't care about anything else but you and he's like i'm trying to watch the portal and i write in my notes another instance where being a good significant other is bad for business yeah i wrote in my notes morgan was right last episode about relationships getting in the way (laughs) very much so you gotta be all about the job and uh they were not they get struck by portal lightning (laughs) but before (laughs) struck by portal but before i think it's what's i'm sorry it's not portal lightning it's rip lightning because it's not a portal yes you're right uh terran reality lightning uh strikes them and and like you know busts them apart and knocks them both unconscious but before that happens when cordy is kissing grew her eyes open in the middle of the kiss kiss of death that that is the proof that this is not going to work out i'm sorry but kissing with your eyes open it's bad i saw heartbreakers i know how this works (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe you brought heartbreakers because that 
is true. That is uh, something we all learned from Heartbreak. It is. And uh, and we also all learned it from that thing you do when Liv Tyler gives the monologue about, uh, I was so stupid to kiss you with my eyes shut so tight, like about the boy who's mean to her, which uh, that thing you do forever. <laughs> um, so I've written in my notes. Wow. Zap. There some, I'm just saying some references we're having are going to be great for my WB episode. Mm. So uh, then uh, we go to the crime scene under the overpass. Uh, Gunn and Fred talk to some people. Connor was 100% here. They tell Angel about the ear thing. Fred is like, ugh. And Angel goes, he was raised in a hell dimension, okay? And then I write, being accepting and understanding of who his son had to be to survive. Good. Uh, and so Angel's like, I want to find it by myself, like not, and I write in my notes, not for broody loner reasons, but because he's in a strange new world and doesn't want to scare him. And I drew a little heart. Again, I'm proud of Angel. I think he's doing a great job. <laughs> Who cares what parents have to say? This is good. <laughs> to me, good. Latoya, would you agree? I think this is, this is good moves here. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, so then, uh. Sunny and Connor find their way to this like abandoned apartment complex uh, and she is asking him where he's from and he says Kortoth and she's like cool that's in Mexico right <laughs> yep yep she's very accepting of Connor even though Connor's a fairly weird kid um, and Connor uh, when he's asked what he did for fun for kicks does not understand and uh, well he he hunts yeah, and she's like, yeah, I fucking figured, weirdo. <laughs> she does not judge him at all, guys. She does not judge she him. She doesn't. She's very sweet and earnest. I think I think it's like a, a really good performance. Um, so they, they find an apartment to hang out in. Connor kind of like takes it all in. He finds a bra. <laughs> and um, we get him some more normal clothes so that he's not in his animal skins. For dinner, it's uh, Slim Jims and ice cream sandwiches. And um, she tells him, Sunny tells him, like, I'm happy you didn't kill that dude. And he's like, why? And she says, he was going to hurt you. Yeah, that's what he says. And she says, because it's wrong. And also cops are even worse, honestly. So which fuck. Yeah. Uh, Connor has ice cream for the first time. And he smiles. I thought that was nice. He goes in for it so suspiciously and weirdly. And I appreciate that he likes it. He, he likes it, and then he's, like, proud of himself that he realizes a spoon is a tool for eating, but it's not that kind of spoon, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a drug spoon, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, she just, uh, Sunny describes the drugs as medicine for when she's sad um, in an attempt to explain them to Connor, and he's like, why are you sad? Yeah, um, I th- this is where I noted, I think, like, uh, Carthage is like he's very good here especially in his earnestness and that's where I was like yeah it's worth acknowledging this because of obvious we, we all know how people feel about the character of Connor yeah. how people feel about the character of Dawn we, we're all very much aware but we should you know acknowledge uh, like when they're allowed to be good yeah I think I saying allowed to be good is very important yeah because we know from other things too how good both of them are yeah and I think this is like about giving him like interiority about showing him how difficult it is 
just for him to like slow down and be in a room in this world and like he still is so at sea with so many things and is having to take this other like young vulnerable person's word for all of these things and I I appreciate like the two of them kind of as like lost souls finding each other in um a place that doesn't seem like it has a space for either of them. Mm. Like, I think that 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 bond is like, I think pretty authentic and and feels really like real and like it would be something he'd want to latch onto and that he would be really hurt by when she dies, which, you know, like, I think that all of that works really well. Because in this moment, in this place, like he thinks he's probably possibly finally in a place that's actually safe. Because growing him Korthoff, there's no such thing there. And obviously, from the little he's had on Earth, like nothing has been safe. Like this is the closest he's had to safety, and he is getting comfortable with Sunny. And then you know, it all goes to hell, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I do. I think that's that's correct to highlight. Like I think they are both doing good stuff here, and I feel for him. Like this is. I mean, you know, he just, like, Cortana just seems like it was horrible. It was awful to grow up there. Like, how is he supposed to stand a chance at being anything resembling normal after spending his formative years there? Like, I yeah. have no idea. It's it, like it's one of those things that's, like, daunting to think about even starting to, like, remedy, correct, attempt to reconcile with his, you know, living on Earth again. Like, it's wild. I mean, he's doing better functioning in the world after being in a hell dimension than angel did in buffy season three Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely good for him um so at the hyperion lobby fred fred and gun come in and they find cordy and grew on the floor whoops uh back in the apartment post dinner sunny asks the pretty reasonable question of like what's your deal and (laughs) why did you come to la and connor says to find my father uh, and they kind of talk about parents, and she, uh, Sunny, believes that uh, people should take a class before they become parents uh, to make sure that you know they're not shitty or evil or something. And Connor says that evil people should be killed, and this girl's like, "Ooh, cool." <laughs> yeah, she says you don't say much, but I like what you say, uh, honey. I mean, I guess. She has a new friend who will kill for her. I mean, that's good. I guess. <laughs> good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Someone who actually wants to protect her, you know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's. I'm just like, oh, honey, r- run. Um, well, mm. that, that's the thing. She can't even do real intimacy because as soon as she kisses him, she has to get high before she can continue. Yeah. And that's her downfall. Yeah, which is, like, really, really sad. And, like, it's just, like... Connor kind of like I we we I assume this is Connor's first kiss. And uh, yo, know, what a way I hope he wasn't kissing those slucks. <laughs> yeah, maybe there were some cool babes on Kortov. Uh so over at Wes's apartment, um Wes is, you know, tip tap typing away and he's peering over at that book, uh, you know, thinking about that offer. <laughs> What was he typing? No idea. I do not know why we check in with him here, but I was like, Wes, you look hot. (laughs) It's kind of of unnecessary. Um, Is he emailing Giles? Because he should be. But again, no one's emailing Giles when they should be. (laughs) Everyone should be emailing Giles. Uh, So then back at the abandoned apartment, uh, Connor like wakes up. Sonny's not there. He wanders around this very spooky place. (laughs) 
Yes, and because I was like, I need to cut the tension because I know the bad things are happening. I did write in my notes, a JW Stillwater, y'all safe from Connor. Oh, I wrote in my notes, Candyman shit. Like, that, because that is the, the look this place had. Um, Sunny uh, is found in the bathroom with a needle in her arm. She appears to not be alive anymore, uh, which is very upsetting and unfortunate. But before we can even really let that sink in, who is behind Connor but his dad? Angel is uh, immediately, as his father, worried that uh, Connor possibly also got high. But no, all good. Yeah, he offers like, okay, look, like we can take care of this together. And Connor says, too late. And I and that's what uh, Connor gets for trusting someone, uh, putting his guard down in this world, and that's his first experience. So that's gonna mess you up immediately. Yeah, it's a th- even more. That's the thing. Like he wants to shelter his son from the hard things this world's gonna bring, and it he failed. Like you know he he didn't get there in time to save him from you know the first bad thing, uh, which which sucks. And I love that Connor says it's too late because I write in my notes, that means two things. Um, like, and that he's too late in this instance. And it's just very well might be too late for him to ever have a relationship with his dad, given all that's happened, um, which is uh, good to me. So Angel tries to talk to him. And he's like, I get it. Like, you must feel like you traded one hell dimension for the other. Um, but Connor does not listen to that because he does not care because he is sniffing a jacket. Because <laughs> he's going to get tight scent because he has, yeah, he has, um, if you couldn't tell by now, he clearly has uh, the abilities of a vampire despite not being a vampire. Mm-hmm. And Angel's like, who are you tracking? And um, he refuses to let his son like go out and kill someone. He's like, you're not going to do that. Um, Connor gets really physical and Angel has to restrain him. So they have kind of like another fight. But Angel's really just trying to hold him back and to like pin him to a wall. He's not trying to hurt him or hit him. Um, he won't let he says, I won't let you leave and get in more trouble. Um, to me, good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Angel says, I'm sorry, you just don't understand how this world works. To which Connor says, I understand. Sunny was nice and now she's dead. So yeah, his, his first uh, lesson of this world is life's a bitch and then you die. Not entirely untrue. Uh, so Angel is, I, I write in my notes, Angel is entering his Sandy Cohen era. Uh, Connor tells Angel, he's like, stop calling me Connor. My name is Steven. Boo! Fuck you, Holtz! Boo! His fucked up. Um, in the Hyperion lobby, um, they're doing some research, and it looks like the thing that the Men in Black uh, alien that Connor killed usually has a mate that comes along with it. So that's something to look out for. Um, and Cordy and Gru, since they were passed out, haven't seen if anything came out of the portal or not, which is worrisome and still a crackling. Excuse me, Terran reality, not portal. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Fred again brings up Wesley. Fred, it's you don't know how he was. It's not going to happen, baby girl. Uh, but Cordy's also like, Angel wouldn't like that. To which Pet- Gru is very petty. In a, in a time, he, he doesn't need to be petty. Like, this... 
It makes sense for her to bring up Angel in this instance. He says, yes, we must always consider Angel. He is our leader and we must obey. In my notes, I say, I'm team Gru. As bad as what Wes did is. Like, wasn't Cordy the one who was all about the mission? This is my thing. And again, I say this with the caveat that, like, I'm not a parent. So I, like, totally get that, like, everybody is like, no, Wes gone forever. But I, a certain piece of of me and a certain thing says to me they are really operating at a deficit without wesley Mm -hmm. and the only person who's benefiting from that in any way shape or form is like angel not having to go through the pain of seeing this person and like certain members of team angel not having to go through the pain of seeing him and reckoning with what he's done but you know who's not benefiting people dying because of the monsters they can't stop fast enough because they don't have Wes. So I'm wondering, I think you got to work something out. Wes can work from home and he can call in and only Fred can talk to him. Like, I still feel like, (laughs) and I know this is silly, but I do, I really am starting to feel this way because, and not again, like, I forgive him. I'm sorry for him way, even though like I am sorry for him and feel like he was in a tough position. He still should have just called someone, but, and I get that the trust is gone. So I'm like, cool. Don't fight shoulder to shoulder with him. But people are, gonna die because you're not doing this like i think that that's a problem but i also don't think they're very much being petty because again gun brought it up wesley shut the door once uh he got there like wesley's not gonna help even if they did go to his go to him for help that's the thing oh yeah i mean i think now that can't work anymore but i think like that that would have maybe been an option earlier and um you know just like like given that cordelia was all like i'm worried we're losing sight of the mission i'm kind of like i'm worried you're losing sight of the mission in favor of taking care of angel above all which like good friend um i get it like this isn't a, a necessarily tenable work situation but they are missing a key element and they are not working to get it back. And they, mm-hmm. and like Fred's not doing that correspondence class with Giles that we suggested. So she should be. And I, I think I, it's it, part of it is just that Fred is refusing to understand how bad it's gotten with Wesley. Like, I don't think because Gunn's not telling her how bad that interaction with Wesley is. Of course. He's just kind of shutting it down and being like, yeah, he made it clear, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was a very bad interaction where he just barely helped Fred. And he was like, I will help because it is Fred, the only one who has, like, shown me any kindness during this time. But that's fucking it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that door is shut. But I think there was a time where that door was not shut, where... I think the case should have been made. And I think Fred, like, tried to make it and it didn't go well. But right now I can't stop seeing, like, they're missing out on things that are important. Well, you know what Fred needs to do and she hasn't done. She needs to make a presentation on a, on a whiteboard. Absolutely. I need it, get, Fire up Microsoft PowerPoint, Fred. <laughs> I'm going to help you. We're going to put clip art on it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Lorne then appears with Mistress Myrna, who, um, is special, is, she specializes in dimensional magic, so she just keeps popping up various places. <laughs> I liked this Love as a it. vibe. Uh, he, kept, he kept losing track of her, because she just kept popping <laughs> all over the place. She made me laugh. I enjoyed her. Um, so then back at the abandoned apartment with Connor and Angel, uh, 
Angel's like, okay, um, Stephen, good name. Not Irish, but, um, you know. <laughs> it is not. I write in my notes, Angel, make me cry. Um, he asked this question. You've been okay? I mean, what was it like there? Do you have any friends? I want to die. Boreanis is so good. He's trying so hard to just connect in any way. Like, he's trying to just know his son in a way he, like, thought was completely lost to him. And I I felt it so, like, palpably. And, like, the way his voice shakes, like, I thought this was phenomenal. Uh, where were you at with this? Yeah, I think uh, he's fucking great in this. And, uh, I mean, we we praise Boreanaz a lot. And I think he's especially good with all any and all Connor stuff. Uh, you could say it's because, you know, Boreanaz himself is actually a, a father. So he probably had, ha- like... He has that connection. It's not just like just acting for him. I think he does. He's just so so well, and it just—he's always making me want to cry because he loves his son so much. It's so much. He says he's so sorry, and he beats himself up for like not finding him and for giving up too soon. And he's like, "I'm sorry, I couldn't get you out. I'm sorry, I couldn't find a way in." And Connor says, "Well, I found a way out." And Angel's like, "You did. You're right." Like he's like proud of him in that moment. He's like, "I'm proud. Like I'm mad at me for quitting, but like it's amazing that you did what you did." And all that matters is that you're here now, and you must have questions. Just trying to like keep him safe, give him the lay of the land, try to understand where he's coming from and anticipate his needs. Like, in my opinion, all good parenting, all good, very compassionate, creating a lot of space for him. Thumbs up. <laughs> Can I um, invite you both to my corner? Yes, please. Possibly, if you must. Wait, before you uh, bring us into your corner real quick, I just have to note something from the script because it's hilarious to me. I just opened the script. Which is uh, for the opening teaser, it's like uh, a previously on Angel that takes us right up to the end of episode 19, where the 16-year-old kid triple flips out of a dimensional rift. (laughs) The flips are in the script. Oh, God. The reason that I that I um, decided to ask for you both to join me in my corner is because of two things. One, because you hit this moment and I remembered something. When Angel, when they have this exchange, speaking of like who's a good dad, like I'm sure I did the math of like, well, but Angel's only had like two episodes to try to find Connor and a way in. Like him taking a minute to distract himself with a case is like, Definitely not an indication that, like, into more episodes, he wouldn't have been back trying to get to Kortoth. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. knows that Connor has had 18 years, or I don't know how old Connor is, but something mm-hmm. like that, to to tear this, to, to figure out how to tear this hole to get through. And the fact that, like, he doesn't, he doesn't say, like, I would have kept looking. He doesn't say anything. He just, like, fully gives that to Connor, I think is 
good dad. Yeah. Uh, and that connects to my other thought, which is, Morgan, last episode, you um, positioned yourself as the employee at Wolfram Heart, <laughs> Wolfram and Heart, who is like, just really, po- just really is positive all the time. And you have literally embodied that inside of this podcast by being like, I have a great idea for this podcast, this episode. I think we should really evaluate every moment that Angel has and see if he's a good dad. And every (laughs) single one, you've been like, good dad, still a good dad, a great dad. (laughs) I want it on the record uh, because I, I, I think I've seen, you know, like in, in a lot of the like anti-West stuff, I've seen people like, which again, like I'm not like, oh, you're terrible if you're anti-West because he did a bad thing. You're allowed to be mad at him. Um, I've seen people be like, you know, like I'm a parent. Like I, if you do that to my kid, like it's done. And I'm like, that is so fair. Like I cannot like, like my, inc- like my desire and inclination towards forgiveness and trying to make things work and be sympathetic to people like I've never had a kid like I know that there are certain things that like it just uh it it, forgiveness isn't in the equation sometimes when it's your Mm -hmm. child so like I get it um and I I get that I don't get it more importantly um but I wish that you mentioned my employee at Wolfram and Hart, and I really wish that I had been allowed to try to get Wes over. <laughs> hey, like, got you some treats. Like, I don't the commissary at Wolfram like... and Hart's amazing. I don't know if he would like the positivity of Wes, especially at this mm. point. I... This version of Wes, no, you got to neg the shit out of I'd him. I'd be like, Wes, yeah, my... what about all the pro bono work that we are obligated to do to cover up our awful deeds? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know I, uh, I, I won't overstay my welcome in my corner I promise but Impossible. I mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> likely fucking sorry Kristen <laughs> I just um I I am like very much uh, I am also not a parent but I will say that I really think that Wes had a chance I think that Wes could have had a chance at being welcomed back in even if it were slowly or you know, via Zoom calls, as you suggested, with with Fred. But he's so pissed. And mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I don't I'm not I'm not here for Wes being I mean, I, I like I understand that, like, he might be pissed on the inside. But like, it's too soon for him to be airing that shit to a, a vampire whose son he accidentally got sucked into a portal. Yeah, he's clearly starting to get into like a dark and festering place that is not mm-hmm. good. Um, all most of my uh, gestures towards uh, forgiveness and reconciliation were maybe let's hear him out. You know, back when he totally. had his throat slit and such. Totally. Um, okay, I've said all my. Apparently, I had a serious corner. Uh, I had a lot of feelings. Thank you for coming. Um, please continue talking about your favorite show. Angel. Bye. <laughs> Later, bitch. <laughs> corner. corner. Uh, fuck yeah. Um, so Connor's like, look, I don't have any fucking questions. My father told me everything. Angel's like, Holtz? is not your fucking father. Like, I appreciate that, like, 
this is the one moment where like his Mm -hmm. lovely like calm like i'm creating space for you like there's no wrong thing to say with me demeanor completely uh disappears and it's like don't fucking like call him your dad like that's a monster (laughs) who took you from me um what are you gonna do call justine your mom next fuck that (laughs) fucking love it uh connor like hits him and is like you don't get to say that name like he told me everything that you did like i know and then in what i think is maybe the best uh part of Carthizer's performance i love how cold he gets when he's like i know things about vampires like i've heard you have another face show it to me like i want to see the face you wore when you killed my father's family and he becomes like very predatory and i think in that moment more than the action moments i bought him as like a kid who grew up in a brutal place where you had to like kill or be killed um the you really see like the bloodlust for him there and like he has to keep that kind of like the hatred and the anger up to be able to protect Mm -hmm. himself like that's like a thing he's done to be able to survive um which i think really helps like i i really like that moment and the way angel just has to sit there and take it and just be like stone mm, face. Resign himself. Yeah, because he's not saying anything that's not true in a big way. Like I think this is a good performance. I wrote weird but earnest. All caps. He grew up in hell. How is he supposed to be? I mean, yeah. The the moment Connor lets his guard down, and the, the one friend he makes dies. So like what? A, yeah, it's it's like I can't do. In that his again. mind, if he had killed, if he had killed Tyke, maybe things would be better. You know. Um, and also it it just it breaks my heart because. He's so disgusted by the vampire face, which was like his favorite thing about his dad when he was a baby. That the the way that that comes full circle is so heartbreaking and sad because it was also the first thing I thought of, and it it yeah. it broke me. And so the the way that Angel just takes this, like again talking about like he just allows all of this stuff to be said to him. I write in my notes, I'm not a parent. But I am a daughter, and I have been a bitch to my mom and my dad uh, on occasion. Uh, don't tell them this, because uh, I refuse to cede any ground to them. I've never been anything but a perfect daughter, <laughs> if you ask them. If I if I ask them, um, uh, don't tell them that I'm admitting to weakness. Uh, but, like, I've been a dick before. And the way that he's just, like you just have to take it like sometimes your kid is going to be a jerk to you and to a certain extent sometimes you have to just absorb those blows when you know they're coming from a place of hurt and and again additionally in angel's case because he knows they're true um and i think that's good and good good dad in that moment i think that's smart but you know why it's actually bad though right morgan why because Connor didn't say, get out, get out, get out. He didn't scream that. <laughs> get out, get out, get out. That's um, good writing to me, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, good God. Um, so he does, he he shows uh, his son his vampire face. And he's like, that's what you are. And he says, it's part of what I am. A part that I hope you can accept one day. And Connor says, you'll have to kill me first. Yeah, they don't learn about layers in Kortoth, especially not from Holtz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. A mastery, a a master of the areas of shades of gray, (laughs) Holtz. (laughs) 
Oh, what a jerk. I feel bad for a kid raised by Holtz. He sucks. Um, so then uh, Tyke and his crew, they show up. They got guns. Um, Angel has to hold Connor back. And he's like, look, I'm going to handle this. Uh, he <laughs> tries again to be a good example for his son and is like, let's talk this out. There's no need for violence. That's something we do here on Earth. We talk things out. <laughs> I loved this. Uh, poor Tyke, though. He can't hear so good. I loved that line delivery so much. It made me laugh. Um, the dudes are very mad. Uh, and so, and they get a, another dude comes in and is like, the cops are here. Uh-oh. They're looking for Tyke. Uh, then in the Hyperion lobby, Myrna, she's doing her thing. Uh, she's like, that's not a portal. It's a Terran reality. Something punched its way through. She does a little spell. Uh, and she wears goggles. Very much a little spell, because it, it, it's so quick. It's very quick. I also love that she's like, please don't tell me this was some dark attempt to close a fissure. And God's like, no, it was to open. <laughs> but it was from before. <laughs> like, Gun, I love you. You're the best. Um, so, yeah. So she does this little spell. She closes it. And they're like, cool. Um, can you tell if anything came out of it? And she's like, um, maybe I could. But, like, no thanks. I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is really dangerous. Goodbye. But she does tell them something punched its way through. And she does not want to meet it. So Fair enough. Myrna has sense. And uh, for that, I must applaud her. And she also has cool blue hair and purple eyes, which I love. <laughs> uh, then back at the abandoned apartment in slow-mo number five uh slow-mo number five the trumpet the trumpet <laughs> we are treated to more slow motion uh connor hits tyke in the ear wound repeatedly which is brutal and i loved it but tyke gets the upper hand on him and like takes like connor hostage essentially and is pointing a gun like to his head and but we we've got a note uh, i mean proof that he's angel's son he's doing this while wearing a leather jacket really i believe tyke's leather jacket um right yeah, yeah. um oh so good so good uh like father like son um he angel's like no 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 like you see the horror in his eyes that like his son might have gone away and come back only to die like from like gun violence like uh, fucking horrifying you see the fear on his face and he's like no take me i'm bigger i'm a better shield and before tyke can make a decision the cops show up and there is a full shootout that angel and connor are in the exact center of on the floor there is a full-blown shootout in this episode of television lots of gunfire here that's that's where the money actually went Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Because they had to destroy that set that they built, which is, like, that's a lot of money. You should not be able to reuse those materials. Um, and, yeah, uh, very intense. Uh, a window shatters, and Angel's like, cool, jump through that. Um, Connor, like, is kind of struggling to do that. He, like, gets up. He Angel has to jump in front of him to take a shotgun blast from a cop that comes in and he screams at him like go and Connor doesn't so Angel has to climb out of the window himself and like take Connor with him zoinks it it was a uh, very interesting watching this episode after I was watching an episode of Mr. Robot 
it was uh, the Mr. Robot episode, their silent episode, mm. actually. And it's um, the cops are chasing Elliot throughout for like a long, long time. And they never fire their <laughs> guns, surprisingly. Oh, to keep the silence going. Well, they, they knew they were in a Sam S. Mail project and the aesthetic needed to I be mean, maintained. It was silence in terms of no speaking, but there was lots of noise, obviously. It was the, the, the not, it was their hush. Yeah. I love yeah, that one. It was their, their, yeah. So these cops are uh, chasing uh, Elliot all across New York. <laughs> And no one ever goes bang, bang. <laughs> uh, so then on the street, uh, Angel and Connor are running from the cops. Um, Angel's hurt. And Connor actually, like, asks him if he needs to stop. So that's good. That's a little warming up. That we, I think we you like. You come to Earth, you, you start acting like a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, they hide from a cop, like, doing, uh, you know, like a patrol. And Angel offers like hey if you need somewhere to stay like you could come to the hyperion no pressure which in my opinion i think angel plays this moment perfectly like connor says he has to go and angel's like okay well just like please know that you're not alone and connor's like yeah i know and he lets him go and in my opinion you can't force a kid raised by holtz to see your side you can only prove yourself Like, your other option, which I feel like a lot of people who, like, have kids might fairly say, I'm not letting that boy out of my sight. I don't care if I got to conk him on the head and take him (laughs) back to the place that I deem safe enough and, like, hold him there until he sees sense. Like, if that's your perspective, like, I, I might understand that, but... You mean the characters on the Vampire Diaries? They're taking them to the cellar to be tortured. Hundred percent. But like the way I see it, I'm like, this kid was raised by Holtz. Like he can withstand torture. He can withstand waiting. Or like not that they would torture him because they wouldn't. But like you know, he lived through Kortoth. Like he can. He can deal. He can absolutely deal with like having to sit in a room until and like having people be like, actually, we're nice. Like I think he would just be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. Forever. Like, I don't think... Everyone's going to get their next slit, not just Wes in this scenario. Yeah, like, I don't think that scenario works. I think that Angel is doing the right thing and being like, I am giving you space to come to me. I think I've done a solid job tonight at, like, proving myself as someone who cares about you, who isn't what Holt said I was, or at least isn't just what Holt said I was, and that you have to know that I give a shit like that I care and that I want to protect you like he took the bullet for him like that all of that stuff like feels like it could maybe be enough to start building something uh but Mm -hmm. and so this is the the point where I think it's more arguable like I think this is a good and smart thing to do and there's no other option but I think some people might very validly disagree and say like you don't let that kid go back to Holtz um even if Angel doesn't know that Holtz is out there like you don't let that kid go be influenced by someone who isn't good uh possibly if he gets out there which I think is a valid perspective but I think this is the right thing yeah LaJoy what do you think I mean fuck parents (laughs) (laughs) no I I agree with you I, I think Angel's a good parent throughout um you're not going to have me saying it was a bad parent probably uh, any of this season. Good. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I thought so you did a great if job. If you're a parent and you disagree with me, go through. <laughs> Parents just don't understand. 
I mean, I'm always saying that. You are always saying that. So, our final scene. Connor jogs on into a a little alley. And who's there? Who steps out of the shadows? Well, I'll give you a hint. The last 17 years or so have not been kind to him. He looks like the slucks have gotten to him. He, like, looks like he's in... Um, Back to the Future 2 at the dinner table scene. <laughs> like, he has so much VFX makeup on him. It's Holtz, guys. And, like, marks on him from some kind of scarring. Like, did he age 40 years in Cortot? He, he looks like he's rotting. Again, He like, the slugs got to him. Like, they're dehydrating him. <laughs> he's gonna turn to dust any second. He's, and he has, like, a very, like, lank, lifeless, no volume bob going. <laughs> it is it's a bad look. And he's like, hello, son. Um, you know. Hi dad, because we end two episodes in a row with hi dad. Will the next episode end with hi dad? We'll have to find out. But now that we've introduced the final character to appear in this episode, and I I can think of no better time and no easier segue to make from one vibe into another. I think it's time for fuck watch. (laughs) Hey, Latoya, who you fucking? Is it Holtz? Well, I mean, it's Sluck Holtz. No, it's uh, Mr. Smyrna. She's hot as fuck. 100%. That is mine, too. That blue hair, <laughs> those purple eyes. So- yes. Come on. She's- she is so hot. She's so hot. Um, yeah, I love her outfit. I love her vibe. I love how casual she is. Um, she gets in. She does her job efficiently. I adore her. It's so weird that this is the episode she's in. But then when I was remember, remembering, like, this is a Mr. Mirren episode. I'm like, yeah, she is hot as fuck. Yeah, hot as hell. Watch. Now, it's been a long day for our friends at Angel Investigations, hasn't it? I think it has. I bet at the end of all this, they just like to put their feet up, sit in front of of the old boob tube, and maybe watch the dang frog? What do you think? I mean, I think, hit it, bitch. (laughs) Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. (laughs) They get Fathers and sons. Hmm. Sons and fathers. Hmm. It's been a long, long day for Angel and Connor Angel or Stephen Holtz, whatever you want to call him. Hmm. You know who else was worried about their father? Who? Penn Badgley on a little show called Do Over. <laughs> Season one, episode four, the anniversary. Hmm. 
poor if you don't know about do over i do not it's about uh, a man middle-aged his life has not gone well a freak accident he suddenly blasts back to the past in his younger form Hmm. and his younger form is Penn Badgley, who plays the character Joel Larson. Great. So he now has a do-over mm. in his life. Okay. Yeah, and so in the anniversary, uh, poor Joel is worried about how, you know, his parents eventually divorced. It's a whole broken home situation. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I need to make my, my father be more romantic toward my mother. His, his father, forget who his father's played by, but I just want to say the, the, the adult version of uh, his character is Tom Everett Scott from <laughs> that thing you do? So that, oh my God! So he's very hot, is what you're saying? Shades, I mean, baby. <laughs> it's basically the casting. It was double hot. Like you got your, your young Joel and your old Joel, pretty good. Yeah, I'm very down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like, Dad, you got to be more romantic. You don't want a mom to leave you for another man. But in trying to fix things. Mm-hmm. You know what happens? What happens? Joel ends up introducing his mom to the other man much sooner. The other man, played by um, Angel alum, Ken Marino. <gasps> I mean, who could blame? Who could blame her? Like, Ken Marino? Come on. Yeah, I think we're all going to go for Ken Marino. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just ask Cordelia. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like both Angel and Connor should watch this episode. So maybe they could understand each other better. After they watch this episode. I think that'd be great. I hope that they do that together. Angel is a vampire. Does he even like TV? I think he'll like the WB. They got that hot teen drama to ease the pain and trauma. And here's the episode that he needs to see. watching all of the image campaigns to see what the world is really like buffy summer's voice is this hell <laughs> connor watching the wp i love Connor WP. watching we all scream for ice cream episode of Charmed. is this meant to torture people <laughs> okay that's it <sighs> dang uh, so that brings us right to the end of our time together uh, this week. So it's probably time for the good old plugs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Angel on Top Cast. If you go to angelontop.com, you can, um, you are, <laughs> if you go to angelontop.com, you will be transferred to our Patreon, which is a place where you can support us. We have a live watch there. We have a couple episodes of a sub podcast called Girls on Film where we talk about movies. And if you would like to email us, maybe to tell us that you're a big old fan of Justine, maybe to tell me uh, what I would think if I was a parent uh, or any other various opinions that you have, you can do so at angelontoppodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to follow me on social media, you can do so at any platform you might be interested in at Lorgan Mudich. Latoya, where can the people find you? And should they? I'm only going to do this once. If you fuck up, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Twitter at LaFergs. <gasps> Don't you ruin this. I will take it away. <laughs> this is big. Don't fuck this up, everybody. Be cool. Be cool. Be normal. Um, and uh, without any further ado, that uh, brings us to the end. So <laughs> we are. You already said that. Oh, <laughs>
and watch the frog. Bye. <laughs>